Did you ever wonder how often people have sex? I think everyone wonders that at some point. They want to know, am I normal? Well, stay tuned because we're going to talk about sexual frequency across the lifespan on today's episode. Are you ready to cut through the BS and get down to the truth about sex and love? Welcome to the Great Sex Podcast. I'm Dr. Heather England, a certified sex therapist and relationship expert. Join me for candid conversations that address what you truly want to know and answer your burning questions. I want to empower you to ignite both your love and sex life. Hello there. Today I'm here with my son, Cooper, and we're going to talk about a question that gets asked all the time. How often are people having sex? But before we start, those of you listening don't know what I wear when we do these recordings, but we're also filming because these are going to go up on YouTube soon. But usually it's a fun t-shirt with some kind of saying or with the Great Sex Podcast logo or with a Love Filled Life logo. So I'm wearing the Jean-Claude and the Eclairs t-shirt, and that is Cooper's band. That's us. <laughs> hey, why did you name it Jean-Claude and the Eclairs? Everyone asks us why we named it Jean-Claude and the Eclairs, and we really wanted to sound like a Motown group or like, you know, oh, the Spinners are coming into town. Let's go see them. Or uh, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. So we wanted it to be like, oh my gosh, who's Jean-Claude? Who's, who's this mysterious French dude that's coming to sing? And I mean, the joke is that there is no Jean-Claude and that we're all just Eclairs, I guess. I don't know. We did have one. But do we... doesn't everyone think you're Jean-Claude? I think that's the assumption, but that's not true. Oh, so all right. <laughs> we had we had a prospective meeting with a manager that was going to manage us, and he said we should call our. I don't even know if I can say this on the podcast, uh, but I'm gonna say it anyways. We can edit it out. He said we should call our fans the creamies, the cream filling. Oh my god! And we stopped talking to him after that. I think that's great. Yeah, the cleaners. Well, anyway, this is a little plug for Cooper's band. Uh, Cooper and his wife, Maddie, just moved to Chicago. Oh, my heart. And they took their their puppy, Yara, with them. Uh, but they moved to be closer to their bandmates. And uh, you can find Jean-Claude and the Eclairs on Apple or Spotify. Jean-Paul and the Donuts were everywhere. <laughs> All right. So let's get into today's subject. Okay. How often people have sex? This is a loaded question for many, many people. So Cooper, my son, have you ever wondered about this? I think it's, it's a common trope that when you get married, you have less sex and, or things stop happening. Uh, the further you get into a relationship. So I, I do think a lot of people wonder it. Right. And how long have you been married for? Been married for two years. Good test. I appreciate you, mom. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate you too. Uh, so why do you think people are curious about this? I think there's... I think there's a taboo around conversations that happen in regards to sex and how often people are having it, who they're having it with. And it's just something people want to know about. I, I also think people want to know 
if other people are having sex as often or as little as they are, so it makes them feel a little better. Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Um, we do a lot of social comparison, right? I mean, isn't mm -hmm. that what social media is all about? Social media is honestly, it's a lot of social comparison. And the challenge is it can make you feel really bad about yourself sometimes when you do that comparison, because people ask themselves this question of, well, am I enough? So I really wanted to do this episode because I think this is really, really important because your sexual frequency, it's important to not only your overall well-being, but also your relationship satisfaction. One of the most frequent grievances in long-term relationships is dissatisfaction with the frequency of sexual activity. And this isn't limited to gender. Like you'd probably think that it's mostly males complaining, right? But actually it can be females too. So a lot of females that are in relationships with men that have some type of sexual dysfunction, like erectile dysfunction, um, if they don't get it treated and they stop having sex, it's really hard on the women too. So it's both genders. So happy couples, they work on their friendship, right? So they really grow a friendship in their relationship, but they also prioritize sex. It's an important part of their relationship. So that's one of the reasons we're talking about this. And that's one of the reasons why I started the podcast. So there's a real danger in doing this episode and even talking about the number and sharing the statistics. And that's because it can be used as a weapon and it can be used by either partner in the relationship. And, and that can really end up harming um, your relationship, but it can also make you feel really, really bad about yourself. It can cause you to judge yourself. It can cause you to spiral into this feeling of I'm just not enough, right? I think it's also important to know that it's really rare to have a couple where they both want the same level of frequency. So there's always going to be a higher desire partner. Okay. The other thing is some people really don't know how to have good sex. They watch porn thinking that's how to learn about how to have sex. Right. But porn is not education. Porn is entertainment. The other thing that's really important to know is every relationship is different and every relationship is in a different season. So you have different seasons of your life and some seasons you're going to have more sex than you are in other seasons. And there's a real danger in comparing your relationship to somebody else's because your relationship, even if maybe they have more sex, you might be having actually better sex in them. So it's really not good to get into this big comparison game. So I just want to say that up front before we even talk about numbers. And since we're actually filming this to go on YouTube, I'm going to be looking down at my notes because I can, I don't want to go off memory on these numbers or I know I will mess all of those up. That is one thing I know as I've aged is not to trust my memory that much. So here's an interesting thing, Cooper. Did you mm -hmm. know that most people have this belief that sex therapists like your mom are hypersexual, that they are having sex all the time? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Is that weird you out for me no. to say that? Not, not very much so, no. Oh, well, good. I'm glad it doesn't gross you out because no one really wants to think about their mom having sex, right? I think sex is a part of life. And at the end of the day, everyone does it. And I don't know if we should really shy away from talking about it. 
Well, thanks. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say that to affirm you. In I mean, I do want I to affirm you. I love affirmation. Yes, I know. I, I'm affirming you in your career choice. That sounds really weird. That sounds like I'm your father or something like that. But it's, I mean, I know some people, it's like money. Some people just don't like to talk about money and it makes them uncomfortable and awkward. And I think by embracing sex or money and talking about it in a open dialogue makes people more comfortable about it. Yeah, I think you're spot on because I think our culture doesn't talk about sex enough. And I think it causes sex to be such a stigma. Mm -hmm. And I think it causes a lot of problems for people because we don't talk about it. I think, yeah, I know. I think just to echo that, I think by people not talking about it more, it it makes people draw their own conclusions. And I think like you make a good point about porn being entertainment and not education. But I think kids growing up nowadays are getting uh, eyes on porn a lot earlier in their lives. And it's allowing them to draw their own conclusions on that's that's how sex is. That's what a partner would want. Mm -hmm. And there's no communication about it. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And it's really unfortunate. It sets Mm -hmm. people up to have problems later on. No, I completely agree. Yeah. All right. Well, let me come clean and tell you that that statistic is false. Sex therapists are not having more sex than than the average person. Okay. (laughs) And I'll come clean about myself too. It's definitely not true about me. You know, I'm at an age when um, I really focus on quality over quantity. And that's actually something good to do no matter how old you are, really, is to focus on the quality of your sex. All right. So let's talk about first, before we get into the numbers, two of the biggest things that really impact the frequency of of your sex life, right? Well, the first is, are you in a relationship with a steady partner? Because you've got to have somebody to have sex with, right? I mean, the sex we're talking about in this statistic, not masturbation. And then the other part is your age right? Because it, it frequency does decline as you get older. And there's lots of reasons for that. But here's the crazy thing that Americans are actually having sex less frequently than they used to due to two primary factors. One is there is an increasing number of individuals that don't have a steady partner. And there's a decline overall of the frequency of sex with the partners that they do have. So it's kind of those two factors are actually contributing to the frequency of sex going down. All right. So current information may be different than something you heard 10 or 20 years ago. And here's another interesting thing. Young adults, which you're still a young adult, right? Because you're not yet 30. Um, They're actually having what's been called a sex recession. I know. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I love that. Isn't that wild? So what defines a sex recession? Heather? It's like, man, they're in a slump. Like they're having less sex, right? Things are going down. It's a I'm dip. sorry. I know we're getting the facts and numbers. No pun on intended, this, but it's but going down. Who, oh, there you go. I love that. <laughs> who is standing on street corners asking how many times they've had sex with their partner in the past week? Okay. So that's a great question because that's a thing we really need to remember in all of this is the way these, the way researchers come up with these numbers 
is they get about a thousand people that want to take the survey. Mm. Okay. And they ask them the questions and then they just calculate the numbers based on the questions. So a thousand is a rough number. It might be 6,000. It might be 10,000. It might be 642. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's all over yeah. the place right? You'll see different numbers bantered around on the internet because there are so many different pieces of research on it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all just a little different. I'm going to read this because I think this is really interesting. So the research shows that young adults in their 20s are two and a half times more likely to abstain from sexual activity uh -huh, compared to their same age counterparts in Gen X. So they're actually abstaining more. And this is like how many years after that abstinence program, you uh, know, is a lot, a lot of years, right? They're not even the right generation for the abstinence program. I think that was Gen X. Um, plus young adults are anticipated right now to have fewer sexual partners than previous generations did. And casual sex has dropped 14% between 2007 and 2017 amongst young adults. And I think that seems really counterintuitive when you think about all the dating apps that are out there now and the hookup apps, right? That's fair. And, and really the increased openness to sexuality in our society. I mean, the trend is going towards more openness. So you'd think that it would be the opposite, but it's yeah. not. So no, I think that that's is the... like fascinating. Yeah, it's funny to hear. Yeah. Okay. So also in the past two decades, there's been a decline in the frequency of sexual activity amongst Americans as a whole. Between 2010 and 2014, individuals engaged in sexual activity 54 times a year compared to 60 times a year between 1989 and 1994. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the reasons for that is that during that same time frame, marriages have decreased by 8%. So some of the researchers think that that's likely the reason that overall sexual frequency has gone down because you mm -hmm. don't have a ready partner. Mm -hmm. So that makes total sense, right? But those numbers include all people. We're gonna get into like by the decades, okay? And it's not just Americans. Like we can look, there's studies all around the United States. In 2019, there was a study involving 35,000 British individuals, and they revealed that approximately half of those in committed relationships engage in sexual activity less than once a week. Hmm. So okay. I don't know what the other half are doing. Yeah, I don't know. They knows? didn't say what the other half were doing. It might be study. above and it might be below. You never know. Or, yeah. Or maybe they're not. I don't know. Because mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of people that aren't having sex. We call that a sexless relationship. I mean, they're just people in relationships that aren't having sex. You'd be surprised. Just, just roommates? Yeah, they're, they're roommates. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And it really causes a lot of pain for people. Okay. So even though young people like you, uh, even though your sexual frequency, not yours, your generation's sexual, sexual frequency has dropped, you're still the age group having the most sex. Score. Yeah. <laughs> no pun intended there, right? Oh, All I, right. I so let's get down to the numbers. Okay. So from the age of 18 to 29, the research is showing the average is about twice a week, 112 times a year to be exact. A lot of sex. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. In the thirties, it goes down to 89 times a year, which is a little over one and a half times a week. It's 1.65. And then in your forties, 69 times a year. So 1.3 times per week. That's perfect. 69 times. Sorry. That's great. I know. I thought, gosh, they couldn't have made that happen. Right. And then 50s and 60s goes down to about 24 times a year or twice a month. And then over 70 averages out to be about 11 times a year. Now, again, these are averages. These are averages across all people in those age ranges. So some people are having a lot more. Some people are having a lot less. Mm-hmm. So what'd you think about those numbers? Any surprises? It's interesting that it would go, it's just a flat downhill slope. I mean, that's depressing for the rest of my life. But I don't know. I thought there would be an upswing around like 50 or 60 uh, for like empty nesters. For instance, I, I I didn't know. Right. So I it's really hard to find like real clear, consistent numbers across the board. Cause I'm like you. I think you become an empty nester as long as you really still are into your partner, mm-hmm. right? Then you're probably that freedom, you're gonna you're gonna have the opportunity for more sex, right? Yeah. Do you think though that it's the it's like that freedom of all oh, the kids are gone, like we can do what we want now, but we've got time so we can do it whenever we want to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that could be some of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, is it a priority is part point, of it? Yeah. But I also think a lot of times what happens over the lifespan of, of a relationship is people get involved doing their things, their passions, and sometimes they can disconnect. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to talk gendered here, but oftentimes mom is the one more focused on raising the kids. And sometimes she might not pursue a lot of things outside of that. So now suddenly the kids are gone and she has put lots and lots of her energy into the kids. And she has to really reinvent her life at that at that time frame, a lot of times when kids go away to college, moms experience a real sense of grief, you know, because grief is loss. And if couples have not continued to invest in one another throughout that entire time period, then when they become empty nesters, some couples just are really disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, they just they haven't invested enough in the relationship to really stay the course of that connection. Okay. To, to really grow their friendship. So do you want to have sex with somebody that you're disconnected from? No. So sometimes for some people, when they become empty nesters, they really start to lead kind of separate lives for other people who are friends who have invested in their relationships or who have been roommates, but really make a concerted effort to intentionally invest in the relationships then they start to actually increase the frequency of their sexual activity. But the other thing you've got going on in middle age and beyond is you've got health issues. Okay. You've got, you know, more challenges physically and that the successful people are the people that redefine sex. Okay. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're in your twenties, your sex is a lot more physical, right? I think so. 
probably than someone who's in I their sixties. I haven't watched sixty-year-olds have sex in a while. So, you know, I actually did one time, and not just me. As part of becoming a certified sex therapist, you have to go through training periodically in which you get exposed to lots of diversity of sexual expression. So whether you're watching somebody who is physically disabled have sexual activity, okay, either with someone else or with a sex worker, or whether you are shown video clips of aging people or people with, with different fetishes, it's all to expose you to this. So it normalizes it so that when you have clients that present with these issues, you're not going to sit there and like, and have a freak out moment. But mm -hmm. I remember it might like, it was like the first in the very beginning, maybe the first couple months of me going down this pathway of being a sex therapist, they shows, showed a video of an elderly couple going down to the side of a river and getting naked and having sex. And it was really wild. Now they did not have intercourse. Okay. They did some other things and then he manually um, masturbated. But I remember going, oh my gosh, but isn't that interesting about like, that was my response and I'm older. So yeah. our society, I think makes you have kind of this ick about older mm -hmm. people having sex, but older people, they do. We kind of need to get over that ick, right? If we're going to have sex all through our lifespan. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know if it would be videos that you were seeing or if you were behind like a yeah, no, no, it was videos. Or something like <laughs> it, that. Yeah. it was definitely videos. So um, another interesting thing, I'm going to get us back on track because I feel like I really sidetracked us, is, you know, if the if we go down in terms of frequency as we get older, does that mean that people are unhappy with their sex lives as they get older? So what do you think, Cooper? Do you think this means people are more unhappy with their sex lives as they get older? I don't know. I I think it depends on what you want out of it. It's like quality over quantity or, I mean, it's difficult to measure how good versus how often. I mean, I know I'd prefer quality over quantity at the end of the day. But I do think that, I know we're speaking in terms of like intercourse, but I don't think this is like the only number to measure intimacy in a relationship by because there are other ways to have uh, intimacy that's not just sex with your partner, whether it's uh, cooking together. I think that's like a really simple thing where you can bond and spend time or indulging in one of their interests. Like for instance, if they love a certain like paint by numbers, if they love doing paint by numbers, maybe join them for half of it or an hour. And I think, Hey, here's, here's your pitch. I think they'd be more inclined to have sex with you. If you joined in on one of their like passions, then if you didn't, so there you go. Yeah, you're exactly right. Okay. And what you're referring to is something we call emotional intimacy. So the more that you share yourself with your partner, the more that you validate them, that you express interest in spending time together Okay, the more you grow that connection, the more your partner is likely to want to be sexual with you. And it's, again, gendered. The pathway for women to wanting to have sex is typically through connection. 
Okay. It's typically if you're feeling close to their partner. So if you're doing activities, they enjoy with them, they're going to feel close to you. And then they're going to be more likely to be interested in wanting to have sex. For men, men oftentimes are feeling more loved through sex. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I think it's true of everyone. Just sharing activities together grows your relationship. It grows your friendship that we talked about. It increases your connection. And that's really a good thing, right? Yeah. You know, you touched on another thing. There are so many other things to do besides intercourse. And so successful couples as they age, they tend to focus on pleasure and connection. So they're not focusing on how big of an orgasm they have, how much sex they're having that, you know, is it powerful sex? Is it physical sex? Because honestly, as you get older, you can't have as physical sex. So they really start to focus more on pleasure and connection. And I think if you can even start that when you're younger, that's why I'm so excited you're doing this with me, because I hope you're learning from these episodes, things that help you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm taking um, notes. Taking yeah, notes there you go. Day. And, uh, and I'm not really putting you on the spot so much, right? No, yet? Not, yeah. not this episode. I'm yeah. trying to be polite, even though you don't have to be unhappy with your sex life. If you have less sex as you age, the statistic is showing right now that, um, about 46% of older people are satisfied with their current sex life which okay. is really kind of depressing. That is, But I think there's probably a lot of factors that go into that, okay? Because for many of them, their sex life is just as good as it was a decade ago. But many people, you know, they've got a lot of changes as they get older, their bodies change, they go through menopause, men have lower testosterone, they have erectile dysfunction. You know, couples that don't redefine sex and think they're always gonna have intercourse, those are the ones that end up not being as happy. The couples that redefine sex into pleasure and connection and away from an intercourse model are ones that end up being happy for much longer with their sex lives. Well, that's, and, that's good to know. Yeah. So let's wrap this up. So some important last thoughts. Um, sexual frequency isn't an indicator of your sexual satisfaction, okay? In relationships, it, it really isn't. It's more about the quality of sex that you have and not just what you do, but you know how you're doing it and how you're feeling about your partner and how they're feeling about you. Are they into it? Or are they just going through the motions? All of those things really go into your overall satisfaction. And you can continue to have just a phenomenal sex life even if your sexual frequency doesn't hit all these averages or if it declines as you get older. And the other important thing is, is I don't want anybody listening to this to spiral into bad thoughts about themselves, right? Uh, I don't want them to be harmed. I don't want them to think, oh, we're not having sex as much as we should. There's something wrong with me. You know, I ask you, if you're a person that's below those numbers, is the sex you're having good? Like, does it motivate you to want to have more sex? And if it doesn't, what type of sex would be the sex that would make you want to have it? Like, what kind of sex is worth having to you? And there's a wonderful resource, and I'm going to include it in the show notes. It's an organization that has done tons of research 
about female sexuality. And honestly, it's great for not just females to watch, but their partners too, to learn how females experience pleasure. It's OMG, yes, but I'll put a link to the organization in the show notes. And it's it's a phenomenal resource for anyone to, to check out. Well, that's a big subject, Cooper. So, hey, Cooper, I think we did it. And I'm going to summarize what we talked about today. So we shared that on average, people in relationships have sex about weekly, with that number decreasing to twice a month in middle age. And we also highlighted that everyone's situation is different. So you have to be really careful if you compare yourself. What's more important than that number is the quality of sex that you have. Thanks for listening to The Great Sex Podcast, where we share the real truth about love and sex and empower you to change your relationship. If after listening to this, you want some great ways to add some sizzle to your sex life, I created a great resource called 69 Ways to Spice Up Your Sex Life. You can download it for free on my website, lovefilledlife.com forward slash 69 ways. And if you want to learn more about how to improve the sex you have, then you can check out OMGS in the resources in the show notes. And that's all I have today. So until next time, remember life's too short for bad sex. See you next week.